the number one automotive sales podcast. Broadcasting around the world. Around the world. 100% positive mindset on making over 100K a year. You want to make more money and close more car deals while keeping a positive mindset. This is the show for you. If you can mind your business while you mind your own business, as you looking in the mirror and saying, this is my business, this podcast is for you. Broadcasting around the world. This is the Automotive Architect Sales Podcast with Ron Garverick. First and foremost, this podcast is exclusively sponsored by Dealer Dealer Elite, the most recognized automotive social network in the world. Sign up now and engage with the best and brightest in our industry. Also a sponsor is Street Volkswagen of Amarillo. They have the new ID4. They're trying to electrify America. So go to Street Volkswagen and check out the new inventory they got at www.streetbw.com. And if we don't have the uh, ID4, we can get you one. Don't worry about that. They're they're selling like hotcakes at every Volkswagen store in America. They're going to revamp the whole industry with electricity. And also sponsoring is Garv Automotive. For all your educational training courses, go to GarvAutomotive.com. That's G-A-R-V as in Victor Automotive. Discover your daily deal at the dating site for automobiles, streetvw.com. Here's General Manager John Luciano. You can save thousands on this showstopper, the revved up Volkswagen Atlas Crossport. Or get ultra low monthly payments on all new and used vehicles, like on the Volkswagen Atlas. And remember, many Volkswagen vehicles are famous for outstanding fuel economy. And meet the Volkswagen ID4. This affordable electric SUV is going to change everything. Hurry and discover your daily deal now at streetvw.com. Street Volkswagen Amarillo, 5000 South Sansi. Welcome to another episode of the Automotive Architect Sales Podcast. I am your host, Ron Garbrick. Thank you for joining me today. It's going to be a special guest on my show. I'm excited to have him on. Um, he's a great guy. I've, I've actually been on his show with his co-host, Lou Ramirez. And, um, you know, thinking through the years and and what I wanted to be growing up and trying to get into the, to the entertainment business. And the first thing that I wanted to do is I wanted to be in radio because I thought it was awesome to listen to uh, the DJs on the radio and they did funny clips and, and uh, played songs. And I was a huge country fan back in the day. And one thing that I liked is after I seen the movie with Howard Stern, private parts, I was like, that's the kind of DJ that I want to be. I want to be funny. I want to talk. I want to make jokes. I want to have guests. And it was everything that I ever wanted. And then I learned how to do um, character voices. You know, I first did Mickey Mouse and then Elmo and then Barney and then learning how to do um, uh, Bill Clinton at the time because Bill Clinton was the president and I'm aging myself, you know. Uh, So I was like, I love the American people. That stain on that blue dress was blown out of proportion. Nobody cared about my ding dong as long as I kept the economy strong. And see, and it was like that. And then, and so I was like, man, if I can't get into radio because, you know, I was hearing rumors that 
that um, being in radio, you weren't making any money. So I decided, hey, let's let's move to L.A. Let's find myself an agent. Let's let's be in the entertainment business because I wanted to be a big star because where I came from in liberal Kansas, not anybody was doing that. Everybody was going to college. They were playing football. It, and it was just like I had bigger dreams. And the reason I'm bringing this up and I, and before we get into my guest, the reason I'm bringing this up is because my stepson, he, he he's dyslexic. He has a learning disability. And for so long, when I got, you know, thir uh, 13 years when I got with his mother, he had an issue of reading. When I got with him or with his mother, he was uh, he wasn't speaking. You know, uh, when he wanted something to drink, he would go look, look. Uh, if it was uh, he wanted something red, he would go here. So he had a problem learning. And he fought, he, you know, when the odds were against him, he fought, he tried to make himself better. He wanted to prove that nothing in, in the world was going to stop him from what he's doing. And, you know, he, he had problems reading, they held him back uh, in first grade. And so he, he was determined that he was going to learn how to read. Long story short, we get up to now, he's a freshman in high school. So Sunday, I had a conversation with him and I asked him how football practice was going, off-season football, getting prepared to for the next season as a sophomore. And he and he was saying that it sucked, that the coaches are hard on him. They uh, he thinks that the defensive end coach doesn't like him, and he was very negative about it. And he was like, you know, I'm I'm about to tell him off. I'm about to get in my truck and just drive off because I don't even want to take. Uh, listen to him anymore. All he all he does is yell at me. And and I was trying to talk to him about, hey, you need to be more positive about it. You know, you're growing up now. They're, you're not a little boy anymore. They're not going to sugarcoat anything for you. They're going they're going to make sure that you're prepared for the next season because you have a pretty good chance of starting. And he was just kept talking negative and negative and negative and negative. And I was like, stop. Stop talking negative. And I got a little upset and I told him, you know what? You do what you're told. You do what your teacher tells you. You do what your coach tells you. You do what your parents tell you. And you need to stop being so negative. I'm tired of hearing it. I'm tired of when someone gives you a positive comment, you have to be negative. And it hurt his feelings. And he went into his room and he was crying. He's 16 years old. So, I know it was the wrong day to do it on Mother's Day. So I upset his mother. I upset him. But I wanted to get through to his head that you have to be positive. And no matter what, because when you get older, you got to be positive. You're going to have naysayers. You're going to have people that doubt you. You're going to have people that don't believe in you. But you got to start believing in yourself. That's where it starts. You believe in yourself. So I went into his room and I said, bro, you got to listen, man. The reason I'm on you is because I believe in you. We're, we're in this together. 13 years ago, when I came into your life, you, you had the world against you. And I stood beside you and I pushed you and I told you you were going to get better. I told you you were going to learn how to read. I told you you can make A's and B's in school. I, I taught you that position that you're playing right now. Since you were four, I kept pushing you. I kept making you better. 
And just because the coaches are on you doesn't mean that they hate you. They're trying to make you better. If you just listen and stop fighting, they're going to make you better. But the only way you're going to be able to do it is you have to have an open mind and think positive. When you wake up in the morning and the coach says, good morning, Blake, you say, good morning, coach. How is your day? If a teacher says, good morning, Blake, you say, hello, Miss Smith. Today's going to be a great day. You think positive, positive things will happen. You think negative, negative things are going to happen. You have a chance. You are growing up to be a man now. You're not a boy anymore. You have to start acting like a man because going into the real world, getting a job, you're not going to have a boss that's going to be babying you. You're not going to have them going, hey, I hope your feelings is okay. Because in the car business, we don't do that. We have a mission. We have a goal. Manager's goals are to get the salesman motivated so they can sell more cars. And they they praise them when they do good and they get on to them when they do bad. But you have to have a positive mindset. I I tell you guys all the time, crap. Communication, respect, attitude, and a positive mindset. That is going to get you in life. That's what's going to get you through. But stop thinking negative. There's too many people out there that think negative all the time. That leads me into the show today. My guest is positive. He He's the co-host of another podcast, and I'll get to that in a minute. But seeing him and his other uh, co-hosts, they have so much energy. They are so positive all the time. If you're having a bad day, you just go to listen to their show. Go on, on YouTube. Go on Facebook. Listen to their podcast. If you don't feel good about yourself or about the day after listening to their show, we need to talk. If I'm having a bad day, all I need to go is to their YouTube channel and watch them. Because listening to what they have to say, they they are Christians, they are veterans, and they are motivators. They motivate me. When I wake up in the morning and I turn on Clubhouse and I tune to their Clubhouse, they motivate me. I may get on it 10 minutes before they get off, but they motivate me. And I am so glad to have him on this show today. And I'm and I'm sure after we're all done, you're going to be happy that you got to listen to the show and listen to my guest. Frederick, the subprime hero of Lenars. Hey, buddy, how are you doing? Man, no pressure. You're like, everyone's going to be in a positive mood after this. Yes, you will be in a positive mood because you have two guys out here who have nothing but passion and love for you guys out there right now watching the show. Ron puts together some work. Folks, you guys don't understand how much work it is to do a podcast. And when you're doing something like this and you're trying to make it perfect for your your uh, your people that are watching, as I call them my guests, you know, because they are their guests to the show watching the show. We appreciate you for watching this because I'm going to tell you, the Automotive Architect, oh, what a great, great, great name for one, folks. You know what it's about. We're going to show you guys the blueprint on how to make this thing work. But smile, folks, most important thing you wear every single day. But no, man, thank you for having me on the show, Ron, man. I'm excited to be here. Um, I know that we're going to have a good time because that's what we do, man. We just share our ideas and we just try to make this a little bit better, man. So how you doing tonight? 
Man, I, I couldn't be any better. You know, it, it was exciting to know that you were willing to be on the show, uh, you know, a day's time notice. But uh, when I told you my, my last guest had to reschedule, you're like, let's do it. And I'm like, let's do it because the positivity in in it, because, you know, like I was saying with with my stepson, he had that negative attitude. And there's so many kids out there that have negative attitudes and they grow into being adults. Oh, man, we see them on the floor all the time. And you're like, what's wrong? And they're like, man, I'm just having a crappy day. And it's like, keep your head up. You know, I I got a guy right now. He's going through a divorce and (laughs) I'm always plugging into his head. Keep positive, keep positive, keep positive. Yeah. And, you know, he, he's one of the top salesmen right now. And But I won't let him let this divorce get into his head. And he knows. He goes, Ron, you're an asshole. And I said, that's just to make you better. <laughs> and he's like, that's what I love about you. He, he goes, even if you have anything negative in your life, he goes, you don't bring it to work. He goes, you're an asshole. And, you know, when we walk into your office, you're like, what do you want? <laughs> but it's don't come to me with no stupid stuff. Now, if you're yeah. ready to work a car deal, if you need to close or someone to close your deal, that's fine. But don't bring your, your drama in my office. It's, 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 uh, uh it's got laser beams around. You bring force any negative. <laughs> exactly. I, I, it's a force field. Don't bring it in there because I can't have negativity in my life. You know, I don't talk to my mom's two sons because her other two sons, because they're negative. I seldom talk to my mom because she's negative. I mean, you ask her, hey, how, you know, like on Mother's Day, I said, hey, happy Mother's Day, mom. You know, I know it's a little bit late, but I had to wake up and get my mind right. And she goes, oh, it's okay. This, you know, Debbie and and Sherry got in a car wreck and they both died. So this whole town and I'm like, stop. I don't care. I'm sorry about your loss. I'm sorry about your friends dying, but I don't want the negativity. Yeah, no doubt. Because, you know, you are what you speak. Words become things, you know, and you're right. Whatever you put out, I'm a big, big, big advocate. And this is why I put out videos the way I do and the way I act and who I am is because I've really found that when I put out, like you said, negative energy and I talk, oh, man, this is crappy. This is going on. Everything is crappy. Everything is going on to you because that's what you focus on. Right. But when you focus on and you project positivity, it comes back to you tenfold for one. But. The best part about putting out that positive energy is that you feel better. It's like when you watch one of my quick brews in the very beginning, I always dance. You know why? Because when I'm dancing, I can't help but smile immediately. Like if I'm getting ready to go on camera, I'm going to start dancing. Even if I t- I'm out of rhythm, I don't care. I'm feeling good. I think it's goofy. I think it's fun, but I smile immediately. And I'm do you do that on do you do that on purpose? You dance with no music because I try to turn the volume up thinking you're playing music. Well, see, you may not hear them. There is music, but it's out okay. in the showroom. So you guys don't hear it. No one hears it but me. But sometimes I'm somewhere where there is no music, or I'm and there is no music going on, and I just dance anyway. And that's when you'll hear me do the uh, uh yeah. Uh like today uh. you were dancing and I turned the volume up no and there's music. no music, and I'm like who dances with no music? This guy, right? That's and that's because I know that when I do it, I'm going to be in a better mood. And it immediately makes my quick brew more fun. It makes it more fulfilling for me. And it makes it, you guys will feel better energy from that. Because I have to, you, you don't want to go in there like, hey, how you doing? I'm Fred. And today my quick brew is about this and that. It's got to be, hey, how y'all doing? You know, and that's what you do. You bring that energy and you bring that fun. You know, don't 
Ron, I'm not like this 100% of the day, right? You know, I wish. I wish I could be that positive, but I mean, my wife would kill me even if I was that positive. But I am positive because I do want positive things to happen. When you do that, life becomes really fulfilling and you notice the beautiful stuff. Gratitude is huge, man. And you're right on the money when you're talking about your son. Um, the way you were, I, I got you and I was feeling you and I was over here nodding you like, man, I get that and I totally understand. And I know what message you're trying to bring to him because this world is a tough world to navigate through when you, when you make it a pity, a pity party, you will never make success. We've seen those people that we're like, man, get over yourself. <laughs> you know, you don't, you, you're the one thing we do not have control over. Don't worry about it's everything. Let that go. But the one thing you do have control over is your mentality and how you think and how you feel yeah. you have a hundred percent. doesn't matter. I've seen, I used to, you could see it. You'll see the guy who has Literally, you would think in the most people's mind has nothing. Somebody who, you know, has a, a barely, you know, lives very uh, minimal, I guess is the word I'm saying. And you would look at him and, and you would think that guy's not happy, but he's the happiest guy you've ever met. This guy doesn't need anything. He has everything. He's happy because he wants to be and he know in his mind he's happy. He has everything he needs. He's alive. He's a he's you know has everything. He has food in his in his refrigerator. He has a, a roof over his head at night, right? He has a car to drive. But maybe it's not the Porsche, maybe it's not the mansion, maybe he doesn't own a dealership, maybe he doesn't, you know, he's not the top salesperson at wherever he works or whatever the situation is. But the dude's happier than the guy that is the owner of a dealership. That is this and that in most cases, because yep. those people sometimes have a problem with their attitude and attitude determines your altitude hundred percent of the time, 100% of the time. And then, the craziest and like, thing is you add up attitude in every letter, like whatever they are in, like when it comes to the chronological order, like, you know, a being one and, you know, Z being 26 or whatever you, you pull the letters at attitude, you add it up. It's a hundred. So you have to, your attitude is a hundred. I love that. It's crazy how that's just ironic, but your, your attitude is so, so big. And I learned that young, you know, in this business is your attitude determines everything, how you get to work. I remember my boss would tell me the moment you walk in the store, I don't care. Just like you, your salespeople tell you when you, whatever's going on at home does not matter. When you walk in this door, you put on that actor's face. It's a business. You're a business. Make it happen. And he'll write. And, you know, it works for me. It always does. I always you ha I come in. It's almost like I'm a different person when I walk in the showroom. You know, I mean, when I walk in my showroom to this day, I walk in and I feel like I'm in my head. I'm listening to Saturday Night Live, Saturday Night Fever. You know, I can tell by the way I walk. I'm <laughs> I do. I feel that way. I come in there with a little jive walk going almost. I'm looking at all my guys pointing at him like, what's up, boys? What's up? You know, ladies and all that stuff. I'm, I do that. And I, I could be in the crappiest mood. I could not want to be at work that day. People like, man, I was. Why do I have to be here today? I'd rather be at home with my wife and my son. They're not. They don't have to do anything today. No, I. The moment I pull into there and I pull that door open, I'm a different dude. I turn it on. Boom! Subprime heroes ready to hear, ready to go, and let's crush this day and let's have fun. You know, you have to. You have to, and it's it. But but when you do that, and when you, it it almost it becomes it. It's real. Like, like we say, words are for real. Words become things. So when you act that way and you do those things, you become those things. And then accountability comes into play. And that's the best part about internet videos and putting out all the social media stuff is I have accountability now. I have to be that guy. I can't say this and then have every one of my salespeople say, no, nah, man, he's nothing like that at all. Right. So you got to hold up to your end of the bargain, too. So. And it rubs off on people because if you're in a good mood and you're you're pointing at people and dancing and stuff like that, they're 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 going to want to do the same thing also. 
Yep. Um, and, you know, on, on my part, I joke around and, and I make jokes and stuff like that. And sometimes they say it's dry humor because I don't laugh at my own jokes. But they know when I'm in a good mood. Like I was training yesterday and uh, and I was like, we have this kid. It's, it's kind of funny. He's like the uh, uh, you see men in tights, right? The guy with the, the 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 Dora the Explorer haircut. Well, we got, but he's got a beard too. Okay, so I call him Honest Dave, and every time he gets Saturday cash, it doesn't matter what the amount he gets; it's all in five dollar bills. <laughs> so after I was done training, I was like, "Hey, if you don't believe me, you can ask Honest Dave," and he just shakes his head. And his, his name's Jacob. He's he's I think he's Cuban or something like that. And he just looks at me and, and laughs. And today he came in and he shaved his beard because I was like, you still got the Dora Explorer haircut, dude. I don't care. And <laughs> but uh, well, we got another lady. Her name's uh, Angela and she goes by Pua. And because she's uh, Hawaiian or whatever. And I call her the 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 wild Samoan. And nice. she's she's a green pea. She's got the best sense of humor. That's awesome. um, she she's always smiling. She's always having fun. She's always laughing. And when when I'm teaching, you know, her her biggest problem. No one ever told her about taking manager to. So when a customer says, "Hey, I, you know, uh, let me think about it. I'll get back to you." She's okay. Yeah, no problem. You know, I'll be here all day long. And and I'm like, Pua, you can't do that. <laughs> I said, have you not heard of the term manager TO? And she's like, no. And I'm like, let me te teach you to manage your TO. And then I got some other salespeople in there and they're like, doesn't matter if you ask for a manager TO, they just lower the price. And I go, exactly. And so you need to learn how to close your own deals. It's one thing that you, that you get up, you're, you're, you're being faced. You get up, Hey, Hey boss, this is uh, Mr. Smith. He says, he's got to think about it. Yeah. Now you, you did your job. You took a TO. Okay. I said, but if you already know in your head, the four reasons why a customer does not buy, you can, you can honestly, it's your job to figure out why. And it's the four P's price, product, payment, or person. 100% of the time. And she's down here. Okay. Price, payment, payment, person. Okay. What else? What else? What? And I'm like, look at her energy. The rest of you all are all slumped over and she has <laughs> got the best energy in the world. And, he, yeah. you know, so I feed off that, you know, a comedian could feed off his audience. Right. Yeah. So if, if the, <laughs> if the audience is laughing and heckling and having fun, you're having fun as a comedian. Cause yeah. you know, back in, in 99 to 2001, that's, you know, that's how I did it. I tell a joke and someone would laugh and then I'm like feeding into it more and more and more and more because you know, your audience is there. And I told her, I said, you use that same kind of enthusiasm with your customer. You may have a hard ass customer that comes in with their wall up trying to be negative. And with that enthusiasm and that positivity you have in your body, yes, it's going to come off and they're going to be, laughing and they're going to be joking and they're going to have be you know have fun and i said that's what it's all about P people with positive attitudes are going to have positive results in their life especially in the car business and and you you nailed it on the head when you said when you walk in you're acting you know yeah. i may have, may have retired from the entertainment business but you're right on top 
um, one of my salesmen, he's been with me for six years. He goes, I'll tell you guys right now, Ron could be in the worst mood ever when he was a salesman. He'd be eating a sandwich and, and I'll be completely honest. When I eat a sandwich or I'm having lunch, I hate to be interrupted. Sure. Because you, you eat your food and go, hey, Ron, you got a customer. And you're like, oh, there goes my meal. It's going to be cold by the time I come back. Someone's going to come in and take a bite of it just to make you mad. So you, you have this <laughs> attitude. You're Which, by the way, folks, as he's telling you the story, this happens like if you are, if you haven't sold a car all day long, can't get it up, just go get some food real quick. Exactly. You'll have enough right there. <laughs> it's like there was, uncanny how that happens. There was one time my wife came and ate with me because she learned. She learned that I wouldn't leave the dealership because I, I, I learned very early in my career. If you took a day off, the next day, the other salesman would sell three cars. And if you took a lunch, by the time you came back, you seen a customer going into the box. And you're like, I'm not, I'm not taking a day off and I'm not taking a lunch. So she would bring lunch to, to my job. So I'm there and I just make my sandwich and I lift it up to take a bite and this car pulls up and he's staring at me and I'm staring at him. The other, the other salesman went to lunch. So we're doing this stare down like it's the wild, wild west and someone's about to pull their revolver out of their holster. I'm looking at him. He's looking at me and I'm like, don't you dare. And he points at a car and I go, Go away. Come back. <laughs> Guy pulls in, comes out of his car and said, you're not going to come and uh, greet me with a mouthful of sandwich. I'm like, I'm eating. And my wife's like, stop being rude. I'm like, I've waited four hours for an up. No yeah. one showed up. Yeah. And now he has to show up while I have a, a bologna sandwich in my mouth. Come on. make more money take these classes he's intense truthful and he knows what he's doing check him out ron garvick man where to start with this guy um i've had the pleasure of working under him for the past four years he's my manager up at street volkswagen and it's just been an amazing experience i came in as a green pea with no experience and you know he's went over and taught me a lot of you know a lot of great stuff with the car business whether it's negotiating uh, trade appraisals, walk-arounds, you name it. He's went over it with me, and I'm super appreciative. He brings a ton to the table, you know, a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of experience. He's worked the desk. He's, you know, he's worked every position, you know, BDC, sales. He's done everything in the dealership, so he has a wealth of knowledge. And, you know, having those credentials behind him really solidifies what he's saying. You know, he knows his shit. He's good at what he does. He's had results. So definitely listen to Rod Garbrick, man. Uh, I'm very blessed to have him at the dealership and be able to learn from him directly. So tons of good stuff. Can't wait for y'all to check it out. Hello guys, my name is Joel Marquez and I highly recommend Ron Garbrick's sales training because he's very passionate at what he does. Uh, me and Ron have been working together for over five years, uh, two different dealerships. I went from making two to $2,500 to pushing over $10,000 a month. Uh, yes, I'm currently over $100,000 year to date in about eight and a half months. I highly recommend you guys take advantage of all his courses. He's great at what he does. Thank you guys, have a blessed day. Hey guys, I'm Ron Garwick, 
And as you just heard from these fine professionals, I have changed their lives financially in the car business. I have changed them from making $2,000 a month to 12 to 15 to $18,000 a month by following my methods. Finance departments, I have changed their finance department from making $125,000 in finance gross to over $350,000 in finance gross by using my methods. Sales managers, I have taken you from $1,200 PVR to over $2,000 in PVR by using my methods. So finance managers, sales managers, if you wanna make $500 more on PVR, go to Garve University. Sales people, if you wanna make $500 more on each commission, go to Garve University. Guys, this is so impactful, full of great content. I'm not gonna sugarcoat anything. I'm gonna tell you how it is, and I'm gonna help you make money. I guarantee you will see results within one week by using my methods. You wanna make 10, 15, $18,000 a month? Let's get started to get you closer to that financial freedom. Go to Garve University right now. I got this one kid, he's so timid to cut, and he'll just stare at me at my door, and I'll have my head down, and I'll just look up, and I'll go, what do you want? And he's like, uh, <laughs> sir, uh, can you pencil a deal for me? Absolutely, come on in. How's their credit? I don't know. I haven't got their credit information yet. I'm like, really? Come on. Can't pencil nothing without knowing their credit. Like, actually, Go back to your customer and ask them if they want real numbers. Yeah. What do you mean? If they want real numbers, I need real credit. Because I don't need practice. I've already done that for 13 right. years. So it, it, it's funny. It, it's it's funny how people change in a, in a split second to, to adjust to the customer. So first of all, I want to thank you for your service. Man, you I said you were in the Air Force. I appreciate everything you did. Um, Thank you. you know, I army because I didn't want to. I didn't. Wanna, I thought Air Force meant you have to fly planes, and I didn't want to fly planes, so I didn't pick that branch. And I didn't pick the Navy because I didn't want to wear white and didn't want to look like yeah. Popeye. Plus, I don't like the water, and I just bought a boat two weeks ago. But I don't like the water. But it, it, one of the things I did not want to wear white. White was not in my vocabulary of being a soldier, you know? Yeah, no, yeah. Hardware white. So I joined and I didn't want to do the Marines because I already did football and, and did all hell weeks and stuff like that. So I was like, nah, I don't want to, I don't want to be yelled at. So I, I picked the army and the funny Chase thing is, service, man. Um, I went down the list of finding the job because I knew they were going to send me somewhere cold. I just knew it. And so I'm like mechanic, no MP, no, uh, truck driver, no. Parachute guy, no, nah, I'm not going to be responsible if parachute don't work. What is a food service specialist? <laughs> like, you're a cook. Like, what? Well, nah, I don't want to be a cook either because I've seen Gomer Pyle and I don't like peeling onions. Oh, no, 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 don't worry about that. Cook is a good job and it's a good position to be in because if you feed communications right, they're going to make sure that you get the calling cards you need when you're overseas. And if you treat finance right and feed them good, they're going to make sure you get paid on time. And if you if uh, okay. you feed the first sergeant right, he's going to make sure if you ever get in trouble that he he sweeps it under the rug. I'm like, shoot, man, I like politics. Make me a cook. So go through basic training. Go to my AIT. 
go get my new uniforms. And I couldn't understand why we get new uniforms, man. I already got my BDUs. We walk in the door and they hand me this stack of, of uniforms and I'm looking down at it and I'm like, excuse me, I'm, I'm in the army, right? And they're like, absolutely. You're in the army soldier. And I go, okay, why am I wearing white? Oh God. Yeah. (laughs) You're a cook. And I'm like, that was one of the reasons why I didn't want to be in the Navy. I can't keep white clean. And they're like, move along. And I'm looking at this going, Oh my God. Why did I pick a cook? I don't like white. And you know, when I got out of my, I mean, got out of the military, I had to switch my uniforms with the sergeant that was still in because uh, I couldn't keep white clean. <laughs> and they were so dirty. And he's like, how can you? And I was like, you talk to Sergeant B. He's the one throwing hot sauce at me. He's the one throwing chocolate syrup at me. <laughs> I got It got to the point where they just put me in the ration room because I couldn't keep my cook whites clean. He's like, you know, I put your BDUs back on. You're going in the ration room. And I'm like, what does that consist of? You're just taking inventory. I said, okay, that's cool. I don't care. But, you know, getting us prepared to the car business, it was a good thing that we, you know, we were in the military because it, wow. it had us squared away. It had us disciplined. It had us holding, being accountable. It had us getting our mind right. And it made us grow up. And, you know, I, I, I got in when I was 25 because I wanted something good for our family. And so I got in when I was 25, I was like one of the oldest guys there, but I learned a lot while I was in the military. And then I'm bringing that into the car business, like discipline and accountability Mm -hmm. and making sure that, you know, never leaving a fallen soldier behind. You remember, you remember when they said that you never leave a fallen soldier oh, behind? Never. Yep. That is what I put into my training. That is what I put into uh, the dealership. If a salesman is in any need, let's say you got one, he he's doing everything possible, everything possible in his right mind to sell a car. Right. And he's just not getting it done and he can't feed his babies. I got a, I got a single father or he's got a mother that doesn't do her part. And I was asked to, to let him go. You got to get rid of him. He, he's not producing. He's, he's always got to leave early. He's got to do this. You gotta, you gotta talk to him. You gotta tell him he's just not cutting it. So I bring him in and I start, start talking to him and I said, what's going on? And he starts crying. He's like, you know, I keep asking my baby mamas to help me. And she's not doing her part. She's ready. She's wanting to go party all the time. She's always high or drunk when I'm trying to drop my babies off. Uh, she never goes, picks up the babies at the, at the babysitter. That's why I got to leave early. I got to do all this stuff. And I, I was like, you can't let this interfere. You've got to find a solution. You've got to find a way to get these people or to find, you know, take care of your kids while you work. And I said, how would you feel? And I was getting a little agitated. I go, how do you feel 
You have no money. You have no opportunity to take care of these kids. Your kids are drinking or eating cereal with water. And then he just started bursting in tears. And he goes, they're, they're eating cereal with water. And he goes, we don't have no more cereal. So I get up. I said, let's go. He goes, where are we going? I said, don't ask questions. I didn't ask you to ask questions. Come on, let's go. We get in the car and I head to Walmart. And he doesn't know anything's going on. I grab a cart. I start walking through the aisles and I'm putting stuff in the cart. And I go, your kids like peanut butter? And he goes, sir, your kids like peanut butter. Yes, sir. Grab four jars of peanut butter. Boom, put it in the cart. Grab bread. Boom, get it in the cart. They like fruit. Oh, they like apples. Boom, apples, oranges, grapes, bananas. Go to the frozen food session or section. They like pizza. Oh, they love pizza. Grab 12 boxes, throw it in the deal. Grab all these food, put it in the deal. And I go, this is for you. And he goes, you don't have to do that, boss. I said, yes, I do. I never leave a fallen soldier behind. Mm. And then when I was done cashing out, I turn around and I give him $500 cash. I said, this is to take care of your babies. Pay your bills. I said, but part of that money, take them bowling, take them to the movies, take them out to eat. I don't care what you do with the money, but use it on your kids. Come back Monday morning and get your mind right. And he, he was just bawling. And I was like, I don't want to thank you. I don't want you to tell anybody I did this. I don't want you to, to repay me. I want you to do what's right because you never leave a fallen soldier behind. And I said, if you tell anybody I did this, I will deny it because everybody knows that I'm an asshole. That's right. And to this day, this guy bends over backwards for me. And I don't abuse it. I'm like, no, dude, do do what you got to do. But he 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 was just in so much shock that someone would do what they did and not want anything back from it. But it all goes back to when we were in the military, you never leave a fallen soldier behind. So when when a salesman fails, I fail. If they're not selling cars and they're not getting it, I didn't do my job. If they're not providing for their family and they want to quit, I didn't do my job. And that that is the tough thing that I have that I put into their 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 heads all the time is if you're failing and you're doing everything possible, then I didn't do my job. But if you're failing because you're not putting the effort in, then you're not doing your job. And every one of my salesmen that are on my team, I have their significant other's telephone number. And when they are not doing what they're supposed to be doing, I I call them. I call their wives. Hey, I just want to let you know that Christian is not selling any cars for the past three days because he cannot get out of these circle jerks. And he's watching YouTube and he's doing TikTok videos and he's just he's. Right. Worried about Bitcoin and Dogecoin and all this other stuff. He ain't selling cars. So I want to let you know that when he doesn't bring a check home next week, it's because he didn't do his part. And the very next day, he's double timing it yeah. because mama got mad and mama tore into him. 
<laughs> you do detective. That's right out of my playbook. Hey, I, tell you, I tell you, I love all that. I love everything you just said there, man. And I, I, I love that story. I love what you did there. And I know you didn't tell that story to get any kind of glory or any kind of praise for no. it. You were just giving an example of what you mean by our military discipline that we've been taught and our, our standards. You know, and, and one of the biggest things that I think benefit us as military, ex-military veterans, I guess not ex-military veterans, ex-military, but veterans now, right? Right. Being veteran of any military force, whether it's you're wearing your white, you're wearing whatever color, it does not matter. But if you went out there and you pledged that you were going to defend this country with your life, you were going to do it with honor and do it with integrity. When you get out, they teach you how to go through processes and to understand how important a process is and how it needs to be done. So when we attention the detail, so when it, that's one of the things that I am very, what I think helped me accelerate in this game was when they taught me, Hey, this is how you sell a car. These are your steps. It reminded me of my technical orders when I used to work on jets, when I would yeah. have to open up a panel, I had to have a book that told me how to open up a panel. So like it was, it was easy. Because it was, it was like, how do you make a mistake when it's right in front of you? And that's exactly kind of how I took it when I was taught, when I was trained my first day and to this day when I'm still getting training because training is ever everlasting, folks. You can never stop training. Remember, the biggest room in the world is the room for improvement. It's facts. But that being said, you know, you always, you're always doing that. But when I was getting trained in my early days, I was, I was really big. And that process when I was taught was a process. You do it this way. It goes through these motions. And here's why you don't know this. And here's why you until you get to here. And then once you get here, you're able to give them everything you need. <clears throat> wow. It was so beautiful to me. It was just how much easier can it be when someone can explain it to me in a very simple process? Here's your 10 steps. This is what you do. And at the end, you're going to deliver the vehicle and you're done. <laughs> how awesome is that? And you can make a good living doing that by helping people purchase vehicles. Oh, man. So it was definitely my calling. But the military definitely gave me the confidence in knowing that I, for one, had the skills Two, that I could do something that most people I know probably couldn't because going to basic training, whether you were the cook, whether you were the guy working on the tank, whether you were the guy working on the airplanes, we all went through something that we saw people didn't make it through while we were there. We saw people get held back. We saw people who said, I'm done. I can't do it. Literally. Right. We made it through that and we did it like champions and we're, we're here and, we're, and we graduated from that and we've moved on. And now we're on to the car business. And, you know, it's a beautiful thing when you meet other military people, veterans who are doing some amazing stuff in this business. And most veterans that I know, they kill it. They do a really good job because they are all those things that you mentioned. They are disciplined. They are, they're the, they're timely. They're going to be on time to work. Right. They're going to. Right. They look good when they come to work. They don't come to work looking like a slob. They um, they you know, there's so many things about that. They it's it's self-care. They care about themselves, how they appear to their public, to the people they're dealing with. But when it comes to discipline, self-control, having what you said, making sure that there's no soldier left behind. Those guys are the best. I went to I just went to the Kentucky Oaks on last like past Friday. Um, not this one, but the one before, whenever it was, right? And I went to the Kentucky Oak. I went with two of my sales guys, my top two guys, Gary and Patrick. Love them two guys. Both of them veterans also. Love them both. Patrick got a little bit too – he drank a couple extra uh, tonics, right? Whatever he was drinking. <laughs> but he was drinking he, – he had a great time. I told them, have a good time. We'll, I'll get you home. We'll Uber, whatever it is. We're going to get home. We're fine. Um, so he's having a good time. 
but Gary, I tell you, talk about not leaving a soldier behind. When when Patrick was starting to get to that level of like you, we needed to carry him. Basically, he was there, and he was there like a, like a true him. He would have put him into the little, the, you know, the fireman hold hold everything if he had to. That's <laughs> what he had. He wouldn't have let he wouldn't have let no one hurt him as much as as bad as Patrick was. And I'm and Patrick, I love you. So don't take this the wrong way because it was hilarious. And it's one of the best memories I'll ever have. But he was acting a fool when we were leaving. <laughs> like saying stuff that like could cause a fight right so you're like okay so but we would have his back and i know that because that's what brothers in arms do that's when people are who are on the same mission do when that is your brother and that's your partner and that's your the people that you take care of and they taking care of you you make sure that they're getting taken care of and man what you did for that guy was huge and that's something that he one day if not already will pass on to somebody else because he was touched by that you know, so about, it's, it's paying it forward, you know, and people know my story that, I, you know, I lived, I lived in my car, I lived in the streets and I didn't get a handout, but I did get, you know, I liked a social drink at the time. And sure. so when I go to the bar, I would drink, but I drink a little bit too much where everything just started to taste like water. So yeah. I got in trouble a couple of times and, um, you know, it's, 13 years ago, if it wasn't for, for my wife and I meeting and her actually hanging out with me and telling me, Hey, we're not going to do this. You know, this is not fun. Going to the bar is not fun. Yeah. And <laughs> so like my wife. <laughs> we, we, need to, we need to cut this out. And so now it, we don't go to the bar. So, you know, and I give, I give her a lot of credit for, for changing me because I was going down the wrong road and, the auto, the auto business just fell in my lap. I mean, I told you guys before on your show, I was working at a funeral home, picking up dead bodies, uh, making extra money while I was working at the newspaper. And, and the and the funny thing is, when people stop dying, I stopped making money. And I know that's bad to, to say, but if people ain't dying, you're not getting paid. So, and uh, they said the newspaper was a dying business. The funeral home was a dying business. So I just went to a, a Ford store and I said, hey, you guys want to advertise your cars? Because I see you ain't moving them. And they're like, no, we want to advertise, but we're looking for salesmen. Hey, you, you want a job? And that's how I got started in the car business is it just plopped in my lap. How did you get in the car business? Man, I got the car business actually fell into my lap. I was very fortunate. I had met um, I had met this guy. Uh, he was he was at a uh, his house party. He was having a house party. I was over there, and it was a nice little house. And I was like, "Man, this is nice." Semi young guy, not too not too much younger than me, or not too much older than me. Um, you know, just living the life. Just didn't seem much smarter than me, though. I was like, "Okay, this guy doesn't seem like you know, how does he you know afford a place like this?" So I go to him, and I'm like, "Hey, man, what do you do for a living?" And you know, how do I get involved in something like that? And he goes, "Well, man, I'm in the car business." And I was like, "Oh, shoot." I said, what do you have to do to get in the car business? What school did you go to? He goes, dude, I didn't go to school for this. He goes, I didn't even graduate high school. I got a GED. I was like, what? I said, say what? Right? Like, so you're telling me that with the GED, you can you, you afford something like this that you got going on here? He goes, yeah, man. He goes, I'm a finance manager at an auto dealership. All I did was start selling cars. And in my mind at the time, I remember thinking, man, to sell cars, you, I thought you had to have like some kind of college education. I don't know why I did. I assumed that because I didn't think of car people as like the scum of the earth or nothing. I just, for some reason, you see them in shirt and tie, they're dressed nice everywhere they go, they drive nice cars. I was like, man, they must, you must have to go to school for that. Well, I found out you didn't. And then, so 
you know, I, I always had that in the back of my mind, like, man, if I ever just decided not to go to finish college, you know, after I got out of the Air Force, I was just like, because I was going to college and I was like, didn't know what I wanted to do. So I was like, let me figure this out. So, but I hear that. I was like, man, if I don't finish college, that's what I'm going to do. Well, I mean, it'd be silly to not do that, right? Well, so, of course, I was, uh, my wife now, she was my girlfriend. We, we were dating for a little while and she had got pregnant. And I was like, uh-oh, I need to get a real job skateboarding and you know working and working at i had a i actually had a, a restaurant with my mother we were i was partnered with her in a restaurant it was like a small one it was inside of, actually it was a like a, a fast food restaurant inside the mall it was a sub shop with ice cream and uh we did oh well that's actually where i met my wife but you know we did okay there but it wasn't paying a lot of money i was very, i was still living at home right so but i was like man i need a real job i need health benefits i need this i need that i'm about to have a kid i can't be playing games anymore so I saw an ad in the newspaper. It said, come see Matt Damos or Chris Craddock at Swope Mitsubishi. And, uh, you know, $80,000 a year, 401k, this and that. And I was like, yep, check, check, check. So I go in there. I interview. I can't. I remember I put on my best suit I had. I had this, like, I still, I wish I still had this suit. It's probably too old school now, but it was like a grayish black suit. I had a blue shirt on with this tie that was, like, blue and gray stripe. It was so clean. And I, and I remember I go in and I looked I looked like a million bucks. I walked in and I was like, "Hey, how you doing?" And I got caught. The up guy up me. His name was Paul Damos. I still work with him. He's the sales manager at the store I work at with now. He ups me and he's like, "Hey, you know," but I'm like, "No, man. I'm here to you know for an interview. I'm here to see. Uh, not, I'm here for a job. I want to see Matt Damos or Chris Craddock." And he t- comes in there and he sits me down. And he sits and talks to me for like ten minutes. And I could tell we were vibing. I was like, "I'm killing this." You know, I, I'm vibing with this guy, so all I got to do is get with the manager, and I'll be vibing with him. I'll get, get in this place. And so I go, and I sit down, and I interview. And I mean, with, they say, hey, you can start. What day can you start? I said, I can start today. And I started that same day. I, I went, and they made me go, do, you know, the usual. Go take the year analysis. Go do this. Oh, yeah. Go do that. And uh, I came back from that immediately before I even got the results. I said, I'm going to start working today. Start training me. I need to start making money. I'm getting ready to have a baby. <laughs> so... I came oh, in the game. They seen the motivation right there. Oh, I loved it, man. And I was I was super motivated. You know, obviously with my background when I filled out the resume with being a prior military, I was very fortunate because you know, Paul up me and I had a great combo and Paul's brother was the general manager. So oh, Paul wow. went to the general manager and was like, Oh dude, you need to hire this young man. He's good. He's got a he, he's instantly was talking to us and doing this. And I was like, Oh man, that's so cool. And that general manager is still the general manager that I work with today. Matt Damos, my, my, my favorite mentor ever, the guy who taught me how to sell cars and the guy who's still showing me how to sell cars because that dude's clean. He's, he's the best. I, I feel like I'm very solid, but I'm, 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 I feel like I'm the best F&I guy in the world. I'm sure you feel the same way, right? I feel like I really good subprime. Can nobody touch me in subprime. I have the best process. My deal's fun. My CIT's crushed. I feel like that, right? That's of course. I'm, I'm going to feel that way. But Matt Damos, and I'm, I feel like when I sit at a desk, no one touched me either. That's what I, that's my first love. I'm not really finance is something I learned because I wanted to learn it because I never did it. But I, when it comes to what I really love, I love closing a car deal. I'm a closer. I did that for eight years. It was my top, my favorite job ever was just being out there touching customers and closing deals and, or we're running the desk. But when it comes to running the desk, I believe I'm a better closer than Matt Damos. And I think that he would even say that I'm a better closer than him. And that's pretty big words from a guy like him. But when it comes to uh, running a desk, that dude's unreal. Unreal. He doesn't need anything but a 10 key. You give him a 10 key, he will crush you. He's like, he'll have numbers for you in two seconds. He's like, God bless. 
you're fast with the high school. And his gross averages are just the nastiest. And he oh, did wow. that for, for years, and he always has. So I love that, yeah, guy. Yeah. That's my dude. It's funny. You, you, you think that you're the best finance guy. I got The reason I got into finance is because it paid more than the BDC. <laughs> you know what? Funny story. That's exact. I wanted to do it, but also I knew that it was going to pay me at least three to four grand a month more than if I was just the GSM of the store. So I was GSM. I, I actually switched position because I was like, man, I want to make more money. <laughs> I, I went from from salesman to GM at the Ford store. Right. Then, then two years, three years later, I went to the Volkswagen store, became a salesman. Three months later, got asked to go into the BDC and run the BDC. And I was like, okay, that's fine. And then 10 months later, I got asked, hey, would you mind going to finance? It pays more. And I'm like, hell yeah. I don't know anything about it because I never touched finance at the Ford store. I just went from salesman to GM. Military guy, I'm telling you, it's about process and being organized. If you're organized and you process and you have a, like, you, you understand how to, you know, organize chaos throughout. It's, it's, it's a good job. And then 11 months later, I became the finance director. And I was like, you know, I was asked, will you take over my finance department? I was like, absolutely, whatever. Whatever you need, boss, I'll do whatever you say. But it's funny that these these salesmen, you're like, well, what's your goal? I want to be in finance. I go, no, you don't. There's paperwork. There's Every finance manager says that. You don't want to do this. I'm like, no, you don't. Do not. I'm like, no, there's paperwork. There's there's. Uh, different kinds of customers to come in you know yeah if a salesman pissed them off they come to your office then you have to work 10 times harder to get them to buy product it's just like no stay out of finance but you know i'm right there with you you know i, I feel like i'm i'm the be- i am the best closer in the dealership but i feel like um my desking skills are top notch i can pencil a deal like as uh strong like a garlic milkshake and i like to see people peel themselves off the ceiling but it that's me that's how i grew up old school i mean that's at four square i mean now you got all these different payments and down payments and terms man it was this is what you're getting for your trade or this is what you're getting for your trade this is what you're paying for our core our card this is your down payment and this is your monthly payment with no term yeah that's it this is it this is it boom 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 and they're they're and, and when i do that at this dealership they're like what's that i'm like no nah, this is how you make money <laughs> that's how you make money but it's all it, it, if you if you present it the right way it is exactly. it truly is because their eyes and everything but the thing about the four square though it's it's everything that a customer needs to see they need to know how much their trades worth what they're getting for their trade they, they are going to see how much they're paying for the vehicle. They're going to see what their monthly payment, which is really the number one thing they want to see. Exactly. Right? The down payment's what makes their butthole puppet. Now, the yeah. down payment will make them go, oh, hold on. And that's where the negotiating comes into play 100% of the time. It's never anywhere else. The payment so, a little bit. But when you can make it work with the down payment, because I, I swear I put them to the ceiling. You know, be honest. When I do four square, I'm going to hit you somewhere with one third down. Of, of the value of the vehicle is what most banks like to see. This way, you're always in an equity situation, so you never have to worry about being in an equity situation, right? So that's the best way to buy a car. That's my job as a salesperson is to show you the best way to buy a car. But do people buy it this way? They don't, folks, and I get that. So let's work. Let's work with this. 
Now, if we max out your term and we go to 72 months, maybe 75 to 82, if we have that available, we can obviously get this payment working a little bit more. But my question is, as you can see with this down payment, this is what your monthly payment is. If you have less here, what is this number going to be? It don't ever go down. And there are, they're, it's going to go up, right? It's going to go up. So that being said, how close to this number can you be without coming underneath this number with less money down? That's it. It's going to be more. Most of the time, like, well, like you can, you know, but it's, it's a, you know the deal, you know the setup, and I'm not trying to give away too much about the four square and how to close it, but it's not, it's, it's a very simple setup for a very young salesperson, and you can use it for your whole career. So if you're not, if you're, if you're very, you don't have to be strong, and you don't have, and you can be weak. Anybody can use that, and you can use it in a multitude of ways, and it's, it's, it's a beautiful piece of art, but it doesn't hide anything. It tells you everything right there. Now it doesn't show you term. Now, term can be negotiated. There's all kinds of stuff. All those things could be put into this, but you don't see that there. You know, you're just trying to find the payment. That's all the big issue is find the payment. No, because that's how we all are. It's it's a human nature. What can we do on the monthlies? <laughs> right? What, exactly. and, then there's, and then there's even shutting people on biweeklies. You know, nowadays a lot of people go to the biweeklies. Hey, listen, it's two fifty every two weeks. Man. I got a finance manager that does that all the time. He, you know, and they're like, ah, oh, you know, I, I can't buy no protection because our payment will go up. And he goes, do it bi-weekly. You can do that? And I'm like, that's a great close. That's awesome. It's, but it's because people get paid bi-weekly. The average consumer out there, person, gets paid every two weeks. So it makes sense to them. Because to them, it's one payment a month. It seems like a lot to them. I've been using that close for 20 years. And you know, like, like all of a sudden you see all these companies like Smart Payment Plan and all these other ones that do the bi-weekly. And I, and I use Smart Payment Plan. Matter of fact, that's what this little ball right here is for. And I love them. Smart Payment Plan, if you guys have any questions, come holler at me. <laughs> but the but Smart Payment Plan, they're great people. They have some great, they have a great product. I use it at my store. I do probably on average 70 Smart Payment Plan programs a month that I add new to them. I'm one of the probably top, me, between me and Lou, we're probably one of the top dealers in the nation with Smart Payment Plan. But we love them because we are see our clients and what it happens in the bi-weekly also, which is beautiful, is that by them doing that, they pay off these cards early every two weeks. Though so it's not twice a month. You have to make a half payment every two weeks. That's 52 weeks in a year. You divide that by four. That's 13 payments, right? Now you that's an extra payment you make a year. Now that's an extra payment that's not getting interest drawn on in your loan. So by the end of a six-year note, you take off instead of 72 months. I see my average customer finish their loans up around 63. So, which in turn means negative equity is less than it would be on the average consumer because they are further ahead in their loan than most consumers are. So they're in a better situation and they're always going to be on time with their bank because they're set up on automatic payments. Come on now. Now that is a, that is a database that you want to make sure that you farm two to three years down the road because they're going to be in better situations. Now with today's market, let's amplify that. I've been doing this now for three years. And beautiful we're breaking records at my store highest grosses selling more cars than we ever have and we're doing that with less inventory but we're doing it with our old client database which is people like that people that were in cars three years ago now these cars that we sold to them three years ago are worth almost exactly the same as they are right now i've never seen used cars exactly it's unreal i we traded in a truck that we sold a year and a half ago a year and a half, it was a, uh, hypothetically i'm going to random i think it was a 16 f-150 might have been an extended cab maybe it, it, but probably a crew cap. We had $23,000 in this thing when we sold it to a year now. That was our When we traded it in, we had to put $29,000 in it. This was just the other day. So it's worth 6000 more 
a year and a half older with more miles. And, and trust me, we don't go crazy in our when we trade in vehicles. We don't sit there and put more than book. We put usually about a 500 to 1,000 less than book on average. What we try to do is we want to recondition and do all that. We want to be at left side NADA by the time that it gets on our lot. We're ready to sell, right? So <laughs> 29, that, that's a huge. And so right now is the best time in the world for consumers to come in and trade in their vehicles. The problem is they're going to pay more for their new cars. But when they go look at a brand new car, though, and which is driving up these used cars, that there's not enough brand new cars out there. Toyota said, supposedly, what I'm hearing is Toyota's not going to have new cars on people's lots to the third, fourth quarter of the year. They're not going to be able to ship anymore. Our so, Toyota store, they, they only have eight new cars on their lot. And this was on Saturday. They had eight new cars on their lot. And their goal was to sell all eight of them. But the funny thing is, they have no inventory, but the Volkswagen store every day gets two truckloads dropped off. Yeah, it's, it's every, it's weird. It's everything is a little, every company is a little different and it's, it's funky, but it's a unique time in the business. Last year was the most unique time I've ever seen. You know, I was part of the 08 crazy crash too, but you know what? I was in the staff event business then and we killed it because everybody was hiring us because they needed help. Everybody needed somebody to come in and help them make a month's worth of business in a week. So we were doing really well for me but dealers are doing really bad. I remember doing the cash for clunkers and all this crazy stuff back then. But anyway, um, you know, great business, man. It's a lot of fun in this thing. There's a lot of things that we can do to help, you know, with what you're doing right now, having these shows, being able to have people come on and spotlight the people who are spotlighting the business. Ultimately, that's what we're trying to do. So I appreciate you for having me come on here to do that. And also for, you know, doing this with other people, like, you know, Philip Chino. And I know that you're going to be on a roll with a ton more people. I'm glad that I'm here and I'm able to do this with you tonight. So thanks, man. I love it. I love it. Um, this podcast is brought to you by DealerElite.net, the most recognized automotive automotive social network in the world. Sign up now and engage with the best and brightest in our industry. Also, Street Volkswagen of Amarillo is also a sponsor. They got the new ID4 all electric vehicle. They're trying to electrify America. And Garve Automotive, training, BDC, finance, sales, and management training. For all your advertising, or for all your advertising needs, for all your training courses, go to GarveAutomotive.com. That's G-A-R-V as in Victor, Automotive.com. And talk about Lou. We haven't talked about Lou tonight. But yeah, you and Lou, man. you and Lou have always you call everybody solutionaries. Now, where did you guys come up with that? Well, you know, truth be told, you know, we're trying to actually make that our own thing, our trademark. Solutionary is actually not a word in a dictionary. It's a made up word. It just sounds really cool, right? But you should, have, you, you should have seen when I was trying to make sure I spelled that word correctly and I went to yeah. Google it and there there was a word that said solutionaries but when you type it in here it, it has that red line across saying yeah. that's not a word so you're right no, it's not right. a word but it's yes but, it, but, it's, but i tell you it's it's a it's a movement and what a solutionary is is somebody that looks for a way to have a solve the problem you know it's a real salesman like a salesman doesn't just sell something oh i'm not just trying to sell you this car they're solving that person's problem they're figuring out what the issues are that they have in front of them 
because that's what really they're doing. People are coming in with issues. Listen, man, I got a car. I need one. My I have bad credit, or I have negative equity, or you know, I, I haven't been able to meet the right salesperson because every one of them lies to me, right? Whatever you have, you're you're just trying to figure out a way to have a solution for that. So what we Lou and I always talk about is don't percolate problems. Solve and solutions for people. Make sure that you put it out there and you help people. Because when you're looking for a solution at all times, it puts you in a much better situation than anything else. Puts you in that positive mindset. Because solutions lead to positive things. Solutions, when things become fixed, people are happy. That's a positive thing. So, but problems and percolating and, and, and just like dealing with negative, what you put out there is going to be out there. But so a solutionary is somebody like you, somebody out there who you just saw those videos, folks of him and his, the people that he's touched and blessed, his legacy that he's leaving on this planet. This is the beginning of it. And he's out there and he says all these people that are talking about he knows his shit. You know what I mean? And what I mean is he does. He's done a little bit of everything. So you're a solutionist because you're out here helping people change. You're helping people become better. You're you're teaching them that this business can gift into eight months into the year and already over $100,000, right? You have people out there who are changing. That changes lives. That's, that's them changing not just their life, but their kids are seeing something better than they could ever seen before. They Now, they're going to experience a life where it's different, like my our kids are experiencing, right? You know, they get to have that life of not having to worry about, are the lights going to be on this week? Exactly. Are we going to have food at the table? Man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get new school clothes this year. I'm going to have to use the same backpack that I've been using since kindergarten, right? Whatever it is, we don't have, our kids don't have to deal with that. Our kids get to live through life the way they should carefree and happy and be able to experience the, the teenage lives, the kid life at the fullest, not worry about, Hey, do I need to get a job so I can help my parents pay the bills? Right. This business does that for you. It builds confidence. It builds so much, man. So being a solutionary, it's key that you understand that it's a mindset. First of all, it's a culture. Second of all, big time culture. So we, with Car Guy Coffee, Lou and I, my bro, my partner, who would be sitting right here if we were doing the show together. And I know that, honestly, he's probably going, I should have been on the show with you tonight, Fred. Why didn't you ask? I should have asked. I don't know why I didn't. That's stupid of me now that I'm retrospecting, right? Because I'm much better together, right? And so that being said, you know, the solutionary is somebody like you, somebody like me, somebody like Lou, who's out there trying to make a difference, not trying to cause problems. They're looking for the solution, not trying to focus on the problem. So that's what a solutionary is. And, and you know, Lou will be on. I, had, I, have, I have to get you guys individually every once in a while. Yeah. But one of the things you guys do, forgive, focus, fly, and keep growing. That's Where did right. you guys come up with that, man? That that is so inspiring. And for for the longest time, you know, I, when you get people on video, they're like yeah. trying to, tr trying to do it. And and I know I messed up a couple of times. And so, but it's it's forgive, <laughs> focus, fly, and keep growing. Right. So, so it's obviously it's simple. It's a mantra. Well, Lou actually started the whole forget focus fly the whole culture of that he did that years ago he's actually been doing it for it was part of a um, new church ministry that he was part of he was helping a lot of young kids be able to do something he called it a dance so he get all the kids together and they start you know moving and he go forgive focus fly forgive focus fly right so he was doing that because that he was trying to teach children 
And this is what forgive is. Forgive focus fly, folks, just so you know. In order for you to grow, and that's what keep growing, in order for you to grow, you have to forgive all the stuff of your past, the stuff you messed up on, all the stuff that you consider failures, all the things that people have said to you saying that you can't do it, all the things that make you upset, the excuses that you keep coming up with. It's time to let all that stuff get off your shoulders. So you got to wipe that stuff off. You got to forgive it. You got to forgive everybody and forgive yourself, most importantly, for any mistakes you make. Because without mistakes, you, that mean if you didn't, if you don't make mistakes, that means you're not trying. And remember that. And think of that every time you feel like you're going through a failure or you made a huge mistake. It's okay. The only reason you made it is because you tried. So that being said, you got to let all that stuff go. You need to learn, but you got to let all that wait because you cannot focus on what you want. Is until you let all that go. But once you do, you can start to focus. But when you focus and when you're able to focus and put all the focus on what you want, what your goals are, you just start to fly. And as you're flying, man, as we always say, you just keep growing. Uh, right? And you'll hit the music. Forgive, yeah. focus, fly. Forgive, focus, fly, right? So I love it. It's it's a beautiful thing. He's, it started with him doing it with youth bringing it up through there. And then when we started this, he was like, let's bring this. I told him, let's bring this to the car business. Let's make this happen. So we brought it to the car business. We made it to where we are going to make sure every show, every one of our guests that doesn't forget focus fly with us. When you watch us MC, when we're at digital dealer coming up in June, you're going to have an opportunity to watch us MC three days in a row at the biggest booth. That's going to be out there. That's besides the main stage. We're going to be at the biggest booth MC in every single one of those things. Huh. You're going to see us do the forgive focus fly every single day. We're going to have everybody. And there's going to be, I think there's enough people, enough room in there to put 130 people in there with the, with the whole COVID standards and everything. So we're pumped. We're going to go crazy with it. We're going to bring that energy because that's what the business needs. The business needs to let go of all the crap that people call us, what Room says about us, what they say we're shady, we do all these things. We're going to let all that go. It's time to forgive, focus, and fly because this business is making a pivot right now. We're making a change for people like Ron, people like Darren, people like Lou, people like me, people like Lynn Lundy out there, all of us out there who are making a change, echoing our voices, making amplifying this whole movement right now. And we're all brewing solutions together, man, and we're doing it with some fun. We're doing it with people like Ron. I, I, you know, folks, I don't know if you know, and I'm going slightly off subject for a second, but me and Ron have a slight weird connection, man. He went to high school with somebody that's a good friend of mine that lives here, Mr. Chauncey. You know what I'm talking about. How that's crazy, true. how small of a world is that? Both from Kansas. He's He comes in, his, Chauncey moved Livingston. Chauncey Livingston and his wife move all the way out here. They raise their kids here. They, they, they end up staying here. And his son and my son are really close. They're the same age. They've been going to school together since first grade. And, like, literally, it's, it's cool. They're juniors, getting ready to be seniors next year. They, his son stays night at my house. All the time. My son stays at his house all the time. We have barbecues together. Man, I tell you, Chauncey can barbecue for real. <laughs> but that's so crazy that we have that connection. Because when I put a post out that I was interviewing Ron, I was like, I'm interviewing Ron Garvey. He was like, he went and he messaged me outside. He goes, man, that dude's super familiar, man. I think I went to high school with him. I was like, are you for real? I said, so I went immediately to Ron's profile and I saw that he's originally from Kansas. And I made, so I messaged Chauncey, I was like, it's got to be him. He's from Kansas too, bro. What's the odds that somebody that you think you went to school with happens to be from the same state the whole nine? He was like, oh, it is. And I think, you, did you guys end up talking? Yeah, and the funny thing is he he didn't know me by Ron. He knew me by Garv because when we played football, 
we went by our last names. I believe so. That. They couldn't they couldn't say my last name, so they just they gave me the nickname Garv, and that's where Garv Automotive came from. Because when you're getting yelled at by the coach, Gar 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 Garvery Garlic. Yeah. So they're like, you know what, you're Garv from now on. I love it. So Chauncey only knew me by Garv. So That's when so you cool. say Ron Garvick, he's like, man, that guy looks familiar. And 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 I have more gray and and you know, I, I guess yeah. when we, football, we had bald hair. But the funny thing is, uh, I was a I was a senior. They were sophomores, and I had Amy in in um, French class. So and plus, uh, I had a crush on a, one of her good friends. We the girl and I dated for a while. And then we broke up because we were at two separate middle schools. So I was trying to use Amy to get back with Cherie. And, but <laughs> Chauncey and his clan, tell me a little bit about the Car Guy Coffee podcast. You and you and Luke came up with that. And, you know, you got your own coffee, you got your own brand, you got stickers. Uh, you can see this sticker right there, the Car Guy Coffee sticker. Yeah, I see that, man. It looks good. Hey, I and, appreciate you, man. Yeah, man, we love we, the Car Guy Coffee podcast, man. It's whew, short, long story short, you know, and, I'll, and it's still going to be semi long, I'm sure. But <laughs> long story short, I love it, man. That's keep growing, growing. It's my dude. But yes, so I wore that shirt in with the, the Philip uh, Cheatham game. But how did Car Guy Coffee podcast get in, get in the make? Well, it all started with me actually wanting to quit my job <laughs> to be honest with you it, it was it was i was getting to a point where i was like getting frustrated because our dealership was crushing it numbers were great everything if, if outside looking in you'd think i was crazy for me wanting to quit my job you'd be like why well, does this guy want to quit was because we we were crushing it for the last six years running man it kind of like okay we've kind of maximized the opportunity here i'm a finance manager and I'm never going to be the general manager of the store unless this guy leaves, but uh, he's not leaving, right? So he's going to be there. Um, I don't want his job, and I don't know if I want to be the general manager there anyway, but I don't have room for growth, and I didn't realize that deep inside. So I was like, man, I was going through a struggle. Well, one thing I did know is that I had a lot of value to bring to this business, right? Everywhere I went when I was in the staff event business, I would go and I'd go into a store best you know and, and no disrespect to other car guys but that's how i felt i'd walk in i was the best no one out car guy me, right everywhere I went. and i felt like man that means I'm, if i went and i did this for eight years and i traveled all over the country from seattle down to florida and every store i went to i i was the hammer then how can i not be in the top five percent hammers in the country right so with that ability i knew i had that and very when i come into this store that i was at my very first month it was a store doing 50 to 60 cars a month very first month we busted 100. First month we did 100 cars and we did about 70 grand more gross profit than they've ever done. They're like, whoa, what's going on? And all it was was a culture change, but I took turns on every deal. I closed every deal. I made sure there wasn't anybody. There was no lot drops. There was none of that. Because, you know, you were talking about earlier, much like being the new guy when you go to a new store and you're the new salesperson who brings that enthusiasm, that positivity, you know, there's something about that. You know, I always, we joke about it. I could only bottle this enthusiasm from the guy who's been in the business for less than three months, right? If you could get that enthusiasm, put it in a bottle and give it to everybody whenever they're feeling bad, man, they would all be great because that enthusiasm is cool. So I came in the store with the same enthusiasm, crushed it, but we did it for, it's what, 
six years, I think, in fact, oh, hold on, I've been there for eight, almost nine, so about seven years, and then one day, man, I was sitting there, I wanted to quit, I was like, man, I don't know if I want to be here, I need to go do something different, I need to go walk and do my own thing, but I didn't know what I wanted to do, man, and I was like, ah. but I knew I had wanted to put a voice out there, I was starting to listen to Glenn Lundy on his Rise and Grind um, show, and I was like, man, this guy's interesting, he's a, he's a car guy from Kentucky, you know, with that in Paris over at Dan Cummings, number two Chevy store in the nation, crushing it, selling almost a thousand cars, I remember going to Dan Cummings when they were only selling 115, 120 cars a month. And that's not only, that's not a lot of cars, but compared to what they're doing now, not even, it's night day, right? I remember going there and I know that Glenn was a big part of that. And I seen what Glenn was doing. I was like, okay. I wasn't trying to copy Glenn, but he inspired me. I bought his Rising Grind shirt. I started getting into his, I read his Morning Five book. I got motivated by him. But it also made me realize that why am I limiting myself to my dealership only? Why can't I help other people? Why can't I go out and bring positive stuff to this business? Because the problem with this business is the stigma of this business. We were having a problem hiring new people because you get them in. There was no good candidates to hire from. You almost have to pick scraps. And you know what you said, I don't want to leave a man behind. But you almost feel like you're hiring people that's going to be difficult to not leave behind. Because you're like, you're almost settling, right? You're like, man, it's not the type of that caliber customer or salesperson I would want in my store. But, man, i got to fill up my floor. I have to, right? So... You know, you start getting into that. You're like, how do I get more people who want to join and get into this game? So I figured, you know, why not Car Guy Coffee? But I didn't think Car Guy Coffee at first. What I think was I want to do a podcast, but I want to do it with somebody. I need accountability. I've learned that with me, any type of accountability helps me so much. So the first person I thought of was, as you can see right behind me, Lou in that picture, right? First person I thought of was, I didn't call my homie Lou. We just got done having a great time at this huge boat trip and Everybody was calling us Cheech and Chong because we were just laughing and having a good time, right? And <laughs> that was like our nickname. I was like, that's cool. I like it. Whatever. I'll go with it, right? Um, I'm Asian and he's Hispanic, right? Cheech and Chong. So I was like, cool. We'll do that. So that being said, we, I get back and I remember I, we, we had a company picnic and I, you know, and I was in a great mood, but I was sitting there like encouraged. Like I felt something pulling inside me to call Lou and say, hey, Lou, I want to do a podcast. I just knew it. So I called Lou. And I said, hey, Lou, I got a great idea, man. And you're the only person I want to do this with. So hopefully you say yes. And he goes, what is it, man? So I want to do a podcast. And he said, word? Well, yeah, I'm going to talk to word. Well, yeah. And he goes, you got a name for it yet? I said, nah, man, I haven't even thought of a name yet. And he goes, well, I got one. So what's that? He goes, card that coffee. And I remember when he said it, and he was in that phone call, literally, that fast, too. And I was like, I, I sat there for a second, and I was because at first I didn't know if I wanted to be an automotive. I didn't know. I just wanted to do a podcast. He said, car got copy. So my first instinct was, I don't know if I want to be automotive. But then I was like, no, I do. I do want to be automotive. And I think car got copy explains a lot. Inside Joe, car got copy is the, the thing that, okay, I, I, this is Lou's, technically it's Lou's thing too. Because Lou, as a, he's a GSM. He's He likes to dance. He dances way more than you guys see me on the internet dance. This dude, can, and he can really dance. I mean, he's, Old school b-boy, kill it, loves MC and Mike the whole nine. But he, he's like, he's at a dealership. He's hype. You know, we're both hype. We get in. I told you guys, I point at people. I get in. They're like, you can tell by the way I walk, right? So I walk in. But I have that energy. But the thing is, is like people would ask us, and they asked him. He's the first one to ever say it. They asked him one day. Said, Lou, man, what you want? What you want, Lou? He's like, I'm not on anything. I'm on car back coffee. And that's how it all started. And that's how that name came about. Now, car guy coffee is being caffeinated. It's waking the hell up. The problem is, is that 
most car guys out there are asleep. That's why people like me shine in the business, why I don't have to do that much more work to really be that good. That's why people in a lot of dealerships, some of them do really well and if they just because most of the other people at the dealership don't do anything. They spend a lot of time in, like you mentioned, the circle jerks, right? Those circle jerks are deadly. It's a cloud of darkness. So you got a black cloud over here. You guys are just negative speaking, talking about why this place sucks. That's you guys are horrible. You need to stop doing that. Spread out. <laughs> we to the point where at my dealership, you know, this is crazy. We we make them. We don't want them in more than a pack or two. Like if it's more than two of y'all in office, it's too much. Y'all not working, right? So that's how we get. We're big about that because we believe that circle jerks are not good. So anyway, um, that being said, so that's that's how it all started, man. It was just me wanting to do something more where I felt like I was dying because I wasn't growing anymore. We had capped out at my dealership. I wasn't doing anything professionally anymore. So what can I do to elevate that? Wow, let's go with Car Guy Coffee. Not only did that do that for me, but it helped me become more accountable. I didn't I didn't plan on doing all the social media stuff that I did. Uh, I had no idea I was going to do all that. I, I never was on social media until Car Guy Coffee. If you look me up, you can't find anything on Facebook older than a year and a half. LinkedIn, maybe three. I was on LinkedIn for a while. But you can't Instagram, can't find anything older than a year and a half. I've never been on any of that stuff. I was on MySpace when that first came out <laughs> for a very short amount of time. But I wasn't on that. But these videos came about and the, 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 the other stuff, that all was just because I felt like it was time for me to really, you know, show my salespeople. It had nothing really to do with Car Guy Coffee, but at the same time it was. It's accountability, man. And accountability is huge. When you put stuff out there and you say you're going to do something, you have to do it. And when you put it out on the internet and you take massive action, <laughs> love it. Look at this, guys. Yeah. I appreciate you being on. This is sponsored by Dealer Elite, the most recognized automotive social network in the world. Sign up now. Engage with the best and brightest in our industry. Street Volkswagen of Amarillo, they have the new ID4. You have to check it out. They are electrifying America as we speak. Do not worry about getting hooked up or hook up at your house. Volkswagen's got you taken care of for the next three years. It gets you to 300 miles. So, I mean, I, I should be getting an ID4 as many miles as I drive every day because I can just charge it up in my in in my garage, get back in it, never have to worry. Especially with the 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 gouging of gas in your area. If it comes to Texas, there's going to be hell to pay because I don't think the Texans are going to put up with it. But I do for man and Garve Automotive. You got your BDC finance, sales and management training. Go to GarveAutomotive.com, G-A-R-V as a Victor, Automotive.com. Get all your training courses. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe to the Automotive Architect Sales Podcast and the Manager TO Podcast. And last but not least, I can't forget, subscribe to the Car Guy Coffee Podcast. Oh, it's so nice of him to say that on the show. Oh, look at me. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate you so much. Find them, on, find them on Facebook. Find them on all platforms that you can find on your favorite podcast it could be iHeartRadio, apple uh spotify pandora they're on it i'm on it we love you guys we love fred we love lou lou i know you're sleeping right now buddy we appreciate you too and i mean there's going to be a part two because i am not finished with you yet my friend i appreciate everything you do i appreciate everything you've done now 
and in the future. And we'll talk soon, my friend. You've just listened to the number one automotive sales podcast. You'll now be one step closer to your financial freedom. Hundred grand a year is within your grasp. The question is, do you want it? Tune in next week to the Automotive Architect Sales Podcast for a 100% positive mindset.